Hi, and welcome to the Splitting the Gap podcast. I'm your host, Kobe Flippo, and I'll be covering everything Major League Baseball for any level listener. Baseball, for beginners to experts. This is episode four of the Splitting the Gap podcast. Hi, and welcome. I'm your host, Kobe Flippo. Today is April 24th as we're recording, but you'll be hearing us on April 25th. Now, you might be wondering why I said us instead of me, being that this is normally a solo show, but the reason is, is today marks the first episode in which my co-host is able to join me. My co-host is Eli Wilkes. Eli's been one of my best friends for as long as I can remember, and he's the reason I love baseball. He's a brilliant baseball mind, and I think he's going to add a lot to the show. So without further ado... Eli, welcome to the show. Is there anything I left out you maybe want to add to introduce yourself? No, I think that just about covers it, man. I appreciate you having me on. I'm really excited to uh, to get going and talk some ball. All right, let's get started then. First, we'll just go over a quick little recap of the season so far and uh, kind of get your thoughts, get my thoughts on what we've seen to start the year. And basically, we just have to say, once again, the Rays, they're just good. Eli, what do you kind of think about the Rays so far? Yeah, uh, the Rays are kind of a funny team, but they're they're really good. I don't know if they're going to keep up this pace for the whole season, but a lot of people picked them to win the division at the beginning of the year, even though that's a pretty stacked division, uh, as always. You know, they just bring pitchers up and they perform, and they just kind of do – raise things so it'll be interesting to see too what they're able to do once you know they get into those divisional games match up against yeah. teams like the yankees and the blue jays yeah i mean their their pitching stacks up with just about anybody and i think they have one of the best bullpens in the league and uh i know guys like randy are really performing right now I'm trying to think who else in that offense is really performing they just have a lot of young guys i mean josh Lowe, a lot of prospects they're, the Rays are just a well-oiled machine in every facet of the game. Well, we can go ahead and move on. We'll talk about the biggest uh, matchup of this weekend that we just witnessed, and that was the Astros taking on the Braves. Didn't really go in the Braves' favor, but I thought the Astros pretty much made a statement to the rest of the MLB. Yeah, I don't know if that's more of an indictment on the Braves' bullpen and how they're struggling right now, or... If the Astros are just that good, it's probably a little bit of both. But the Braves' bullpen definitely got exposed. Uh, I think they led in every single game. The bullpen gave it up. Uh, if there's anything to take away, Jordan Alvarez is still really, really good. Yeah. I mean, I think, though, too, it'll help when you get guys like Rossiel Iglesias back. I mean, obviously, the Braves aren't the full strength right now. They're just yeah. not. I don't think anybody's really worried about the Braves. Uh, they kind of have the Mets breathing down their neck a little bit right now. But, um, yeah, once they get guys like Michael Harris back to full strength and Iglesias, that bullpen's going to look a lot better, and so is the offense. Either way, the NL East is shaping up to be a good one this year. I mean, the Phillies haven't been off to a great start, but they've got a lot of new pieces. The Mets and the Braves are still at the top, and with the Braves starting off so much better than usual, that's going to be a really good race this year. Yeah. Uh, the Phillies are still waiting to get going a little bit, but uh, Trey Turner's not really even playing that well, and that will definitely change. I think he only has, like, one home run through – 20 games or however many games have been played so far, so that offense will definitely get going. Well, also in that division, the Marlins, they're looking good. They're ahead of the Phillies right now. Another <laughs> struggling team or team that you wouldn't expect to be good, the Pirates. They're off to a great start. What do you think of the Pirates so far? 
Pirates. I only have one thing to say about the Pirates, and that's America's team. <laughs> Baseball like is back that. in Pittsburgh, baby. <laughs> well, then there's the Brewers. They're another team who's just off to a great start. The Brewers are pretty fascinating. I don't know how if they can keep this up over a full season. Uh, I would expect the Cardinals to turn it around, but right now they're looking good. They're playing a lot of young guys. Yelich looks better. Uh, they just have a lot of young guys that have come up and been contributing, and they're hot right now, so we'll see where it goes. But the pitching's always going to be good, and uh, we'll see if Corbin Burns can, can kind of turn things around. But And I think Woodruff may be out for most of the season as well. So we'll have to see how that shakes out. That'll definitely be an interesting division to keep your eye on, too. Um, but either way, let's go ahead and jump into the main purpose of the episode. Let's get into the AL East, look at some of their offseason moves, and maybe you know a little debrief of what we think that division might look like come you know into the year. Start off, obviously, we've got the Yankees up at the top. They won last year, had a really good year. Judge was the main storyline. You also have the Blue Jays and the Rays, who are always competitive in this division. The Rays, like you said, turn out pitching, always have a good team. The Blue Jays, you know, they're always relevant. The guys like Vladimir Guerrero Jr., I mean, just big-time names. You also have the Orioles and the Red Sox, who, you know, we'll see what comes of them. But like normal, we'll go from bottom to top, start off with the Red Sox. Eli, what is the biggest offseason move, in your opinion, for the Boston Red Sox? Well, the Red Sox made a couple moves. Um, I think, as we discussed, I would probably go with Masataka Yoshida. Uh, probably not a name that a lot of people are going to know if you just kind of loosely follow Major League Baseball, but if you watch the WBC, you probably got a little bit of a taste of what what he's about uh, playing for Team Japan. Um, everything that I've seen, that they're really excited about him. They think that his bat could definitely translate as he's a little bit more developed than a lot of hitters that come over from Japan. Um, off to a little bit of a slow start so far, but has really nice raw power. He's kind of a five-tool guy. I mean, doesn't chase a whole lot. So that'll be interesting to see how that kind of develops, but especially in that lineup, which is not super good outside of guys like Devers. And obviously, um, you know, they've got some other guys with some power and things like that. And any anybody's bat's going to play up in Fenway as well. So. Absolutely. I mean, and he's a guy who obviously he's off to that slow start, but he's not really striking out. He's walking quite a bit, so I mean that's something that you're not gonna, you know, scoff at too often. Yeah, and he's gonna be adjusting to big league pitching too. He's seen a lot of guys that he's never seen before. So as the season goes on, and especially as the weather warms up, I think you'll start to see maybe a couple more balls go out of the park for him. And uh, I think he's a good bat. So the Red Sox are just one of those teams where it's like, for whatever reason, they're just going backwards every single year. <laughs> I don't really understand it. Yeah. I mean, I think you can make a case that extending Devers is probably the best move that they made. But as far as bringing somebody in, I would no. say Yoshida. I like the Adam Duvall signing too, former Brave. Um, but yeah, locking up Devers, especially after letting go or letting Mookie walk a couple of years ago, Xander obviously in San Diego doing his thing. I think locking up Rafi, who's one of the better left-handed hitters in the sport, was uh, was definitely a good move by Bloom in that front office. Well, I love the move to extend Devers. It just kind of makes me upset for him, too, because if they're not going to contend, then I don't really want to see him there. Rafael <laughs> Devers is one of my favorite players. I thought he was destined to be a Met, but I'm I'm glad he's staying in, uh, staying in Boston because they can they can build around him for sure, and he's Absolutely. not he's not going anywhere. 
All right, let's move on to the Orioles. Orioles are one of those teams, similar to the Diamondbacks, like we talked about in the last episode, where you know they just look so promising. They have so many young guys who look like they're ready to explode at any time. But then we get to the offseason, and they didn't really do anything. Yeah, uh, if we have any Orioles fans listening to this podcast, I'm very sorry. You should be very disappointed in your front office after the promises that they made, especially coming off of a really good season last year where they were kind of America's darling team. Um, You would have thought that they would have kind of used that momentum to go into the offseason and maybe make a splash or two, especially in the pitching department, and that didn't happen unless you're a fan of uh, Kyle Gibson, which I don't know what to tell you if you're a fan of Kyle Gibson. But Kyle Gibson, probably the best move that they did make. And (laughs) as odd as that sounds to say, that's about all they did. Yeah. I mean, they needed pitching, so uh, I guess that's always a plus. They did call up Grayson, which Grayson hasn't looked. Grayson Rodriguez, for those who don't know, he's looked he's looked pretty good so far. I think he'll adjust well. But And Kyle Gibson's not been horrible. He's been better than I think we would have all expected so far. But when you're ace, uh, the guy that you're paying to be your ace, it's just funny to say about Kyle Gibson. You're not in a not in a great spot. They need to make some moves. They could uh, if the Brewers end up struggling come trade deadline time. Corbin Burns could be available. That would be wild. First hot take on the pod. Absolutely a hot take. I'm They've good. got the prospects to do it. The, if they there's do. one thing about the Orioles, they have as many prospects as you could possibly need, especially on the hitting side. Um, I think a perfect trade partner with them would probably be Milwaukee. If they were going to try to do something like that, that'd be a big splash. But talking about the move, I mean, it's not looking good when your ace is what average at best, maybe not even average. Yeah, I mean, he's not exciting at all. He's not sexy really in any way. That's for sure. But um, I mean, he's a solid pitcher. He's he's been a solid pitcher for a while, and he has had a couple of pretty solid outings so far this season. So I, I don't expect that to continue, but hopefully. You know, they, he keeps them in contention, and we'll just, they're going to have to make some other moves. But for now, we'll just see how it goes. Hopefully, we'll see a good year from the Orioles. And then hopefully, a year from now, when we're doing this podcast again, we can talk about all the great moves that the Orioles made. Yeah, let it be known that we're all rooting for the Orioles. Absolutely, especially in this division. You're right. So now we'll move on to the Rays. They finished third in the division last year. But after this start, it's not looking like that's going to be the case this year unless things slow down in a major way. Yeah. No, the Rays are really good. They're they're as close to a complete powerhouse in the league as you're going to get as far as like every facet of the game, development, front office. I know they don't spend a lot of money, and some people take issue with that, but they don't really need to. I mean, they, they do a lot of work on the margins and develop players really, really well, and that's kind of what you're seeing this year. Obviously – off to a really unprecedented start that I don't think that they can keep up just because that's that's just not how it works in baseball. But especially being in a tough division, I think when they start playing some tougher divisional opponents, then uh, especially with a balanced schedule too, I think it'll make it a little bit tougher for, for them to keep up that pace over a full season. But uh, they're, they're really good, and I don't expect them to slow down you know, relatively anytime soon. Going from last year into this season, I really expected them to make a lot of moves for their lineup. I thought, you know, obviously they've got the pitching. They're always yeah. loaded. But then when I really started looking at their moves, my in my opinion, their best move was picking up Zach Eflin, a pitcher. 
when they've got plenty. Yeah. Um, and that was it was just kind of a weird move too because F1's never been a guy who's been like solidified as either a starter or a reliever. He's kind of bounced around both of those roles, uh, you know, when he was in Philly. But he was always effective and, you know, the Rays are good at finding guys, you know, kind of diamonds in the rough, if you will. Uh, I think they really liked his pitch mix and, you know, I really think any pitcher could go to the Rays and then become a success story overnight. And he's he's been solid so far. He had a little injury injury stint, but I think he's back. Yeah, he's back. And, I mean, looking at his numbers already this year, he's 3-0. and His chase rate is off the charts. He's not walking anybody. I mean, his numbers look incredible. Yeah. I think they really liked his pitch mix, the, the sinker slider that, that he was throwing and – Maybe tweak that a little bit, so I wouldn't be surprised if you see him gain some some below too, because that's just how the Rays Lab operates. But uh, <laughs> the Lab, Rays Lab, yeah. Well, all right, the Rays. We'll see what happens, but you know, looking really, really good right now. So next, we'll move on to the Blue Jays up to Toronto. So, Eli, what do you think about the Blue Jays? Blue Jays had an interesting off season. Uh, obviously, trading for. Dalton Varsho, maybe the biggest like surprise blockbuster move, if you don't count the Sean Murphy trade with the Braves and the Brewers, which we don't have to get into. Um, but yeah, no, Varsho is a really a really solid player. I think that uh, one thing that the Blue Jays really wanted to focus on this offseason was just getting a little bit better defensively, and I think they did that did that for sure. Um, you know, that lineup is, is pretty ridiculous when you look at it on paper. It's up there with just about any lineup in the sport. And, uh, you know, another move they made, they, they shipped out Teoscar Hernandez uh, for a reliever, which is another area of need that they that they were looking for is to bolster up the pin. But uh, I think I think Barsha is, is a really solid player for them. He kind of does a little bit of everything. He's positionally, you know, versatile and, and he's got a pretty good bat as well, but a very, very good defender. I think definitely coming into the season, that would have been my biggest move for them as well. But he's off to a really, really rough start right now. Yeah. Uh, he's hitting the ball hard. He is hitting it hard. He's hitting the ball hard. But, but I mean, when your OPS is dipping below 700, I mean, yeah. that's not I don't, ideal. I don't like to, to judge players immediately after they come over to a new team because obviously there's a lot of adjustments, and that's a different park than – you know, playing in Arizona too. But I mean, we, uh, we saw that first time last year with Matt Olson coming to the Braves. And he yeah. struggled out of the gates. That's a good point. Uh, I, yeah, I would expect him to. He's still walking at a pretty good clip, and you know he's hitting the ball hard. So that's that's a pretty good recipe for success. Uh, you know, without diving into the numbers, I think he'll that's be true. fine. We'll see what happens with the Blue Jays as well. I mean, they're another team where I kind of feel like usually they just wind up in second in this division. They don't really think twice about it, but. I mean, I don't know that anyone really has their expectations too high for this team, but at the same time, you expect them to be a playoff team. Yeah, no, the the AL East division race is going to be an interesting one because there's, you know, there's only so many spots in the in the AL that you know the Yankees are going to be good and the Rays. Obviously, we just talked about are are really really good so far, and the Blue Jays they have some holes, but you know, like I said, that offense is is maybe the best offense in baseball. So, all right, lastly, we'll get on to the New York Yankees and talk about the man, Aaron Judge. I mean, what else is there to say? The big, bad Yankees. I mean, Aaron Judge, he got his extension. He got his money. Arson Judge. We, we weren't expecting anything else. 
yeah, we talked about Arson Judge a little bit on the last podcast, talking about how, you know, the Giants pulled him in and then really didn't. Yeah. You want to talk about bad off seasons, we can talk about the San Francisco Giants, but yeah. we're talking about the Yankees right now. Um, yeah, it, there's no other move that you could have picked here other than Aaron Judge retaining him. Uh, obviously, Carlos Rodon, that was a pretty big signing too, but that's already looking kind of kind of iffy with the injuries and everything. There's kind of some weird stuff going on with that. But, um, yeah, no, Aaron Judge is, is a generational player. Obviously, last year, 62 home runs. He's not quite on pace for that number right now, but you never know still, at this point. You know, he's – a uh, insanely good power threat, and in that stadium where the ball flies in the short porch, I think you can yeah. expect another 40, 45 homer season, 40, 45. Just ridiculous. I mean, the guy hits the ball harder than just about anyone else. Oh, yeah. No. 100 percentile on hard hit rate, max exit velocity, 97%. He just destroys baseballs. So. Absolutely. And, and he's I mean, a really good defender, too. I don't think a lot of people know that, but he's – a much better defender than people give him credit for. I know he's just a huge guy, so you wouldn't expect that. But, you know, he can play center, he can play right, he can play left, he can, I mean, can kind of do it all. When you think about that stereotypical center fielder, you think of a smaller guy who's fast on his feet, he can track down those balls in the big open center fields. But yeah. Judge is out here at 6'7", 280, tracking yeah. balls. Robin Shohei's home run the other night. I mean, that yeah. was just a ridiculous play. I, I, one thing to mention, too, is with the contract this long, we saw a lot of contracts that were super long and a lot of money getting thrown around this offseason with Judge and the whole Correa saga and, and everything that happened there. Um, it There is a couple questions about maybe how his body holds up over the duration of the contract. Um, so the back end of that is probably not going to – go as smooth as maybe the Yankees have hoped, but I don't think they really care. They're trying to contend right now. So, Well, all right, let's go ahead and just kind of wrap up this division, kind of maybe give our predictions for what this division might look like at the end of the year, and Eli, I'll let you go first. Okay. Um, I, I really think that the Rays are probably going to win this division. I think it'll be tight, especially down the stretch, and I like the Blue Jays a lot. And the Yankees are the Yankees, and we can always, you know, expect them to compete. But the Rays, to me, are are just, you know, they find ways to win against really good teams. They beat up on the bad teams, you know, in the division, outside the division. They just kind of simply win. So, um, and usually the team that has the strongest starting pitching is is going to prevail in the end. And the Rays have that and more. And that's something that I don't think the Yankees can necessarily say about right now. I know Garrett Cole has been pitching at kind of a Cy Young level, and he's been really, really good so far. But um, the Rays, you know, Shane McClanahan looks like a top five pitcher in baseball right now. And, you know, we, we mentioned F1. They've got a lot of arms. But, yeah, I would expect the Rays to win the division. That might be a hot take. I don't know. But I would order them Rays, I think, the Yankees probably edge out the Blue Jays for second, and then the Orioles, and then the lowly Red Sox in the basement. I think my final standing prediction would be very, very similar to yours, but I think if the Yankees can get their starting pitching back healthy, I think they're still going to find a way. I think the Rays are going to hit a slow point sometime during the season. They'll find a hard stretch of games. Yeah. I mean, yeah, especially not having like the one like major offensive weapon. Right. I mean, their lineup is not 
necessarily on paper at least you know comparable to the Yankees or definitely not the Blue Jays right but if Wander hits his ceiling Wander Franco hits his ceiling and Randy you know kind of plays at the level that he's been playing so far and they continue to get you know contributions from the young guys then I think their offense will do just enough and you know the pitching is obviously really really solid yeah I I definitely think that the Yankees come back I think they're gonna win though I think the Rays are going to be right there with them, but they'll finish second ahead of the Blue Jays. And then, obviously, the Orioles and the Red no Sox. No love for the Orioles in the top? Not in the top three. They're not They're not cracking these teams just yet. Yeah. There but is. Or, there. Orioles front office, this is your fault. I hope you go to sleep at night. I hope you can sleep at night with the lack of moves that you made. Um, I think the Orioles could surprise a lot of people, too. I do think they're a better team than the Red Sox. And I don't think the Red Sox are a bad team. I mean, all around, this is maybe like the – I don't know. You could argue that this is the best division in the league as far as just straight down and how competitive the teams are because even the Red Sox could make some noise. I don't expect them to be a playoff team, but, you know, the lineup is still pretty solid and the pitching is pretty atrocious, obviously, but the lineup could still make some noise. But, yeah, I, th- I think the Rays probably won the division. I could be wrong. Um, we'll see what happens, but it's going to be fun regardless. It'll definitely be a tight race and a fun division to watch. Eli, that's the end of episode number four. Glad to have you on here finally. Yeah, it's good to be here. Uh, looking forward to, to talking some baseball with all of our listeners and, and giving some good content. So, uh, yeah. If you have any suggestions, comments, concerns, reach out to us on our social medias at Splitting the Gap on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Visit our website at www.splittingthegap.com. Go to the Contact Us page. Leave us any feedback you may have, and uh, we'll get on that. So um, that's it. That's episode four. Once again, Eli, thank you for coming, and thank you to everyone who stayed this long, heard us out, and uh, let us know what you think. Drop us a five-star review. Give us a follow uh, wherever you may find your podcast, and Be ready in a couple weeks. We'll have episode number five coming out. Once again, this is Kobe Flippo, and thank you for listening to the Splitting the Gap podcast. If you enjoyed the show today, please leave us that five-star review. Give us a like or follow on socials or subscribe to either Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever it is you listen. Once again, thank you for listening to the Splitting the Gap podcast. Do you want to stay up to date with the latest news and insights from the world of baseball? Check out the Splitting the Gap podcast, hosted by Kobe Flippo and Elo Wilkes. This podcast will cover everything baseball for any level listener. Join us every few weeks as we dive into the world of baseball, America's favorite pastime. Whether you're a diehard fan or just getting into the sport, you'll love our informative and entertaining discussions about all things baseball. What are you waiting for? Subscribe to the Splitting the Gap podcast on your favorite podcast platform to never miss an episode. Thank you for listening.